Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Organizational Research and Development Podcast. I'm your host and founder of the company, Philip Eag, and I want to thank you for taking the time to press play and giving us a listen today. Our episode today is going to focus on coaching, but not so much about the concept. We covered that a few episodes back and also how you can get into coaching. We also talked a little bit about certifications and their value if you wanted to become a coach. Today, we're going to talk about tips that can help make your coaching sessions more dynamic, more engaging with your clients. Now, this is going to serve two types of people. One are coaches. You may be an executive coach, a business coach. You may be any kind of coach listening to this. I think that these tips here can help create and give you some ideas to help make your sessions a bit more dynamic, kind of change things up a little bit, right? You might think of, might look at your frameworks or your processes or how you do sessions, and you might want to change some things up or incorporate some new ideas that can help make your sessions a bit more dynamic, a bit more engaging. Now, if you're someone that's listening and you're interested in coaching or, or you've had certain experiences coaching and you're thinking about get, receiving coaching again, I would encourage you to ask about these kind of tips in, in your next interviews with various coaches because I think that this will help engage and give you a, a better experience. I think that this can help give you, if you're looking for coaching, better opportunities, a more accelerated and confident path of 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 overcoming or moving past whatever challenges you're looking to receive coaching on. So we've got a few today that we're going to talk about. And the first one's a a softball here to just kind of kick things off. And that is, as a coach, I would encourage you to always have a discovery call before moving forward with a client. Discovery calls are, from my angle, they're they're 30 minutes or less, quick calls with the other side, potential client or a client that can help do a variety of things. One, discovery calls are great for learning about your potential client or future client. You can learn how they how they articulate, right? You can you can observe how they think, how they engage, how they communicate, what kind of language do they use, all within that discovery call. And that as a coach, that's essential and valuable information. Whereas you're looking to align your services as a coach to this individual or small group, you can you can just understand how to better approach and, and work with this side. Another value to having a discovery call is I oftentimes um, will will connect with potential clients and there's an expectation that is um, set. And in some cases, the understanding of what coaching is is a little bit off balance, right? So discovery calls are perfect for getting, for, for aligning expectations. Sometimes there's, like we talked about in a future episode, there's a lot of misconception about what coaching is and and what it isn't. In some cases, I've worked with clients where they initially thought that coaching was just a way for them to just get answers to overcome their problems or or whatever professional areas they were looking to uh, overcome. It's not really the case, right? We know that coaching is a service where it's really the coach uses active questioning, listening, and overall communication skills to help guide the client or the coachee over whatever types of goals that they are looking to achieve, right? In this case, a discovery call is really important for ha- for making sure that that expectation is set, right? What is, um, from the coach's side, from the coach's side, what is your expectation of, of what this service is and here's what it, it actually is, right? That way you alleviate confusion, you alleviate clarity or maybe potential frustrations and everyone's on the same page. Another uh, helpful point 
um, to having a discovery call too, is you can crystallize what a, a client wants to focus on. Now that may sound somewhat simple and redundant, but you'd be amazed at how difficult and challenging sometimes it is for some people to just plainly and concisely say, hey, here's what I'm looking to receive coaching on. I have this like little rule in my head where if it takes more than two sentences for a client to tell me what they wanna focus on, they, they need a little bit of help. They need a little bit of guidance in actually refining what it is they wanna focus on, right? So if you're a coach, you know, topics you're going to be looking out for, right? Motivation, accountability, uh, emotional intelligence, right? Those areas of self-awareness, self-regulation, um, being able to understand the, the various types of workplace relationships and how to leverage them and, and maintain them and grow them. Those are all areas that a client can, can come to you and talk about and say, hey, this is what I'm looking to receive coaching on leadership's another one too but these are all topics and, and areas that someone can bring up and say this is what i'm looking to receive coaching on again ask them to keep it within like two sentences or less just to keep it concise and i, I referenced this a little earlier but one of the things i also do with my discovery calls is i keep them relatively short between 20 to 30 minutes and what that does is it, it forces both sides in a way to be very concise and succinct about what their expectations are, what the actual deliverables are, what are the goals that, that the individual is looking to achieve in their coaching sessions or why they need coaching. And it, it, it helps to just begin planting that, that rapport, right? It begins building that relationship. For me, like client success is a top priority for me. I want to make sure that that I get it right for them. I want to make sure that I understand their objectives. I want to make sure that that they are self-aware of their objectives and then be able to communicate and work with them on the expectations of how we will go about through our various coaching sessions, supporting the growth and development needed to overcome the goals that they've communicated. So I hope that makes sense. Again, discovery call, 20, 30 minute uh, quick call or engagement here. You're looking to learn about your client, get to know them, crystallize what they're looking uh, to receive coaching on and set expectations. Now, within the coaching sessions themselves, here's a couple of tips that I think for coaches, this is going to really help with building out a more dynamic engagement, right? And, and having deeper conversations and, and, and sessions with your client to help them get from point A to point B. The first is, and this is kind of ongoing, but it's it's making sure that as the coach, you're identifying motivators and demotivators of your client. Now, this is this is ongoing because it can change depending on the frequency of your of your coaching sessions and and where that relationship is with your with your client. But when you understand someone's motivators, you understand how to better how to improve the accuracy and the construction of your questions. When you understand what is like demotivating for someone or what erodes or chips away at their mindset or their performance or their their overall just well-being you can better craft your sessions to be dialed into their goal right and, and being able to ask those those really high level questions that can make them think deeply right whether it causes them self-reflection self-awareness something that causes them to pause or maybe it's that that quick like knee-jerk exclamation of yes that's that's a great question right 
understanding the motivators I, and I always tell this to my clients too when I work with them is I'm in the business of motivation not the rah 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 kind of cheerleading stuff but but understanding what makes you tick because if I can understand that and I understand what your goal is for our sessions and we're both in agreement on that I can improve significantly how much ground we can cover in our sessions and and the type of level right the depth that we can really get the immersion of our sessions now again just as a as a disclaimer it's up to the coachee right it's up to the the person that wants the coaching to put whatever comes out of our sessions into action it's their responsibility to actually go out and do things right so if it's accountability if it's motivation if it's as simple as getting into the office or or improving just how they end meetings that's on them and that's a that's a safe responsibility to to assess right or or to provide but for the actual session themselves look for those motivators look for those detractors and and it's a wide it should be a wide range and in some cases, your client and, and even the coachee themselves may not be entirely self-aware of what's motivating them or what's demotivating them, right? What's, what's chipping away at their emotional well-being? What's chipping away at their mindset? What is motivating them to, to grow in between sessions? Those questions, that's what makes us ongoing. But the more you understand the motivating factors of the client and the coachee, the more the, the, you'll, you'll notice significant steps in your questioning, in your ability to be self-aware of what's happening within the session, and you'll be able to, to be much more self-aware for your client as well, which can help them in achieving their goals. So that's number two there, right? And, and number two is actually going to segue into what I, I call um, micro actions. This is going to be your third tip here. And this is, again, kind of more on the coach's side of things. Micro actions isn't a, a term that you can necessarily, especially in the coaching uh, field, that you can just Google up. This is just an organizational R&D kind of context uh, definition here. So bear with me on that. But as a coach, it's important that within every session you're performing hundreds of micro actions almost a second, almost every minute. What are micro actions? Micro actions are when, when we're talking about within the dynamics and the context of a coaching session. Micro actions are you're actively listening and engaging with your coachee and your client. While you're listening to them or you're communicating with them, you are simultaneously observing every piece of emotional data you possibly can. If you're in person, you're looking at body language, you're looking at posture, you're looking, you're, you're listening for tone, you're listening, you're looking for eye movement, you're looking for um, how they're seated, all that stuff. If you're on a phone call, if you're on video, how far are they away from the camera? How does their tone fluctuate? What kind of words are they using? Micro actions are literally performing those types of observations every second as much as you possibly can without withdrawing or pulling back the amount of it, the, the, the attention your client needs in a session. So conceptually, right? Think about doing this. It's, it's, it's two at once. You're engaging with your client. You're asking, you know, you're, you're utilizing active listening skills. 
deep questions, dynamic questions. You're you're conversing with them at certain points. You're sharing, you know, engagement within the session. You're working on that goal. Simultaneously, you're also looking for all the types of emotional data that's coming your way, from posture and movement to tone to um, even the background, right? If you're doing virtual coaching, right? What's their background look like? All of these types of things can provide just a little bit of extra data. It can provide a little bit of extra context, a little bit of extra insight to help you navigate your coaching sessions over, uh, you know, and, and, and better serve your client. And just as like kind of uh, like a, a, a very surface level uh, example, right? So if you have a client and they come in and, and they're, they're slouching, right? Or their tone is very... Uh, mon, like they have a very monotone. It, it it sounds depressing, right? And this seems to contradict your previous three sessions. That's emotional data that you're observing within the context of the session. That's going to help you understand what's going on in that moment. What's going on in this session? Why is my cl- why is the client coming in like this? What kind of questions should I ask? All of this information is really to help build that last statement that I made there. What kind of questions should you ask? How should the session be handled? How does your client work? How, what makes them tick? So again, as like the third tip, perform micro as many micro actions as you possibly can. And if this sounds like a lot, it's because it, it is. I, you should, I, I do, um, but you should feel some kind of mental fatigue after like an hour of coaching because you have to be 100% dialed in. And that goes without saying, but I think when we talk about, especially within in this episode here, when we talk about really what goes into making a, a session dynamic, at least from my professional experience, it should feel like you're, it should feel, metaphorically speaking, it should feel like you're in the gym you know, hitting your, your one-up number, right? Your, your ultimate bench press, right? You're, you're putting in an amazing workout and you just feel, you, you feel that, that, that refreshing exhaustion. Not that you can't go on any further. It's just you feel like you know and you feel like you've given it everything you've had for that client. And that's, that's hugely important to me. Um, that's, that's a major reason why I'm still coaching the clients that I have. And, and why they've experienced so much success as well too. And that's because in our sessions, not only am I engaging with them and I'm asking questions and I'm actively listening to them, but I'm also paying attention to the cadence at which they speak, the types of words that they use, the tone changes. Maybe if it's a, ver- if it's a video or it's an in-person, do they change positions when I'm asking certain questions? What's their body posture like? All of that provides, again, emotional data that can help you better navigate and engage within your coaching session. And for someone that's looking to receive coaching or is is listening to this and thinking that they may need coaching, you should feel that within the session. It's tough to say like at, at minute 25 of 60 or at minute 30 of 60 like this is what should happen so i i can only communicate it as bet like the best way i can communicate it is through like an emotional gauge that only you can judge right when you're in a session and you're working with a coach it should it should feel like you are immersed within that session and when you when you have that gauge like you're not thinking about anything else you're not thinking about your next meeting you're not thinking about what happened you know 5 minutes prior to your coaching session when you feel that immersion 
you you know that the coach from the other side is not only dialed into you 100%, but they're performing hundreds of micro actions every minute to make sure that they're utilizing all available data to help engage the session, build the depth and immersion needed, and asking the right questions at the right time to help you as the client overcome or grow um, over your, your, your challenge or your obstacle or whatever topic it is that you've brought to the session. So that's, uh, that's number three there. Number four is, is going to kind of talk about the beginning of a coaching session. And this could probably go into discovery call depending on how you want to handle it. But number four is, is, is establishing healthy conflict between you as the coach and your, your coachee or your client. Now, that may make, uh, that may make a, a little bit of sense here in a bit. So let me, kinda, let me kind of flesh this out a little bit as to what I mean by healthy conflict. Um, there's, there's a perception that, I, that I've, I've been exposed to where in order for coaching to be effective, you have to have a, you have to kind of almost be friends with your clients or the client has to really like you as the coach in order to, to um, have great coaching. That's not true at all. You don't need to worry about having a, um, having a friendship with your clients. In fact, it's your, it's your position as a coach to be as neutral as possible. And so here's where healthy conflict comes into play and here's why I bring that up and how it can make coaching sessions more dynamic. I establish with every client that I, that I coach and work with that there will be points of, of healthy conflict inevitably in our sessions and I go and define what that means it doesn't mean that I'm there as a coach to echo every single thing that you as the client want to do or that you think or that you perceive as a coach it's my responsibility and it's a part of the service and ethics of coaching to be as transparent and provide a, as best as you possibly can objective questions and, and communication skills to help the client overcome their goal or to help them grow and develop. Coaching isn't about working alongside someone and, and, and just constantly you know throwing pom-poms in the air. It's about being transparent and helping to widen the client's perspective or helping them to become self-aware of of issues or areas of growth or areas of opportunity that they may not have previously known about and that can cause some conflict that like touching that area as a coach can feel like the water is getting a little warm depending on who the client is right and so for some clients for some clients that may be something that they're unfamiliar at right you may have to ask some questions that are absolutely appropriate they're quality they're very strong but they may, they may push a client into their outside of their comfort zone a little bit, right? It may encourage them to really have some introspection, right? Or um, some self-reflection. <laughs> that's what I mean there. But, but that's healthy conflict. Healthy conflict, the, the, the healthy conflict is the antidote to um, group thinking or, or um, uh, just kind of nodding your head and saying yes to everything. Having and establishing and, and, and clearly dictating what healthy conflict is over the course of a coaching relationship can give you as the coach more confidence to be 
assertive and confident <laughs> to kind of reuse that word there but to be more confident in the types of questions that you you need to ask or you feel like should be asked um, it can help you with engaging and and really helping to expand the self-awareness and the the uh, emotional uh, intelligence of your clients I, I hope that makes sense because it's not something that it, it's going to be different for everyone right whether you know on the coach's side or the or the coachee side it's going to be a little different you know session in session out various clients various coaches right but the purpose is you you want to avoid getting caught in the whirlpool of of being a uh, a yes man right or, or aligning with the group thinking of maybe what a, a client or a coachee projects healthy client or excuse me healthy conflict strengthens and champions transparency honesty and it values um coming from a a place of good intention so clients that i coach i i bring that up to them i bring that up before we even get started in our in our sessions right this idea that i'm going to ask questions as i as i as i see it based on the goals that you want to accomplish and and based on the information and data that you're providing me and it's coming from a good place because i i care about my clients i want i want them to succeed i want them to to experience growth but i can't i can't do that unless i ask the right questions and i help and utilize those skills to guide them from point a to point b and it's all on their own right so in some cases you know there is a bit of a perception that you know hey uh you know coach to client there needs to be some kind of friendship always in agreement no conflict no kind of disagreements or things of that nature that's actually going to give you uh, I, I would believe um, and would um, be a proponent of that actually makes your coaching sessions ineffective like that's not actually coaching if, if there's like a friendship involved to a degree and um, you're just kind of saying yes to everything and there's no disagreement or there's no questions that are being asked to help the client think 180 degrees right or, or do a full 360 right look behind you you know get a full perspective of the situation healthy conflict and establishing that early on uh, establishes that you're coming from a place of, of positive and good intention you're going to be transparent and honest with your clients and you're going to ask them the questions that need to be asked so uh, it, that about wraps it up for our episode today again we talked about the the kind of tips to making a dynamic coaching session we talked about the value of discovery calls, right? The ability to learn about your clients, set expectations, crystallize what they know. We talked about the, the value of identifying motivations and demotivating factors of the client and how that can also be beneficial for the client to know. Some are just unaware of what, what is actually blocking them. And when they understand that and they, they, they recognize and identify it, it's like it's amazing how fast they begin to grow and, and accelerate and overcome whatever it is that they're working on the third one we looked at was from a coach performing micro actions we talked about as you're actively listening and you're you're working with uh, your client you're also absorbing every piece of emotional data you possibly can from tone to body posture language speed at which they're uh, talking how often are they interrupting or, or not interrupting all of the above there those micro actions help to create a deeper more immersive session and it helps you as the coach too. I, I believe have a a a 
a strength, you're able to augment the types of questions that you're going to ask. Fourth was also making sure that you establish healthy conflict with your coaching clients so that your clients know that you're coming from a place of good intent, you're going to be transparent, upfront, honest with them, and you're going to ask them the questions that need to be asked based on the information that they provide you within the session and also what they want to accomplish. So if you're a coach listening to this, love to hear your feedback. Also too, I mean, post some comments, right? That's what being a part of this community is all about. What are some tips and tricks that you use to help to make a dynamic coaching session happen for your clients? The more information we share, the more we all get better and the better we can serve our clients. If you're someone that's out there looking for a coach, feel free to reach out to us. Ask us some questions, right? Or reach out to our community. Um, You can always connect with us at www.organizationalrnd.com. You can also reach out to us on our LinkedIn page at Organizational Research and Development, LLC. Thanks so much, and we'll see you on the next show.